You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Don't be carried away by strange teachings. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. And if it's not simple to understand, it ain't Bible. I'm not saying there's not deep things in the Word that we don't understand. But the simplicity of the Gospel, don't lose the simplicity of the message of the Gospel and the truth of what it represents. Be willing to suffer for Jesus. Oh, God, help us to be willing to suffer for you. Lord, we're praying, help them to live a life of praise. Don't lose the simplicity of the gospel message. In today's message from Pastor Danny, he explains to you that the gospel isn't actually complicated. The good news of Christ needs to stay simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that anyone who would place their faith in him might be saved. Jesus came, he died, he was buried for three days, rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, and he's coming back again. This is great news. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 with today's edition of The Living Word. Verse 32, here's the encouragement there. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You identified with them. You sympathized with those in prison and, get this one, joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Remember the one ruling when this was written was Nero. And sometimes Nero and the government, just because you were a Christian, came in and took your stuff. And it says they joyfully accepted the confiscation of their property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. This was very personal to me, especially now. One of the things people have said over the years that I, I, it must be true because a lot of different people have said it in my ministry here as pastor that I, they use this word. They say, you're so transparent. You're transparent because I share my struggles. I share my failures with you. I, I try to be an open book, nothing to hide. And uh, one of the things I've struggled with over the last few months from time to time is not being content with what I have. Let me tell you what I mean. Years ago, when things went south, and uh, my 403B, which is the same as a 401K, it's just in a church, it's a 403B, and it's your retirement account. For years, I didn't have a retirement account. And then uh, some guy in the church said, you really ought to start putting money away. And uh, I'm like, I don't really believe in retirement, although I'm believing in it more sometimes these days, (laughs) certain days, certain weeks. But, you know, I started, I met with the guy, you know, that handles that stuff in in our office, and and I started putting things away, you know, stuff taken out of your check for retirement. 
then years ago, you know, when things get south, went south and my retirement account went south, like a lot of yours did. And I got so fed up with it because I, I, I can't not look at what the market is doing. I just, I, I, I'm going to look and see what's happening. One guy told me, you just never look. I'm like, I can't do that. I haven't been able to do that anyway. And so I just got out of the whole thing. I felt the Lord was leading me to do it. Now, I'm not blaming the Lord, but I felt like the Lord was leading me to do it. Just get out of it and put it in a fixed account. You get 3% a year on your money, which is not much. And so you lose that opportunity uh, for, it to, for your nest egg to increase. Well, when I got out of it, uh, the Dow was a little over 8,000. I looked at the Dow on Friday. It's about to set a record, an all-time high. It's over 14,000. And I started to do the math. If I'd have stayed in it, what I would have now versus what I do have now. Is that being transparent? You know what happens every time I go there? The Lord speaks to me. And he says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's not to say you're not to have a retirement account. That's not to say it would have been wrong for me to get back into it and now have a lot more in my retirement account than I would have. But every time I go there, he speaks to me, and he also reminds me. And here's what I'm reminded of every time. While I got out of that years ago, and at this point have never gotten back in it, that whole time, I've never stopped investing in the kingdom of God. I've never stopped investing in the kingdom of God. And he reminds me every time, my stock in heaven has never gone down, and it never will. Amen? Listen. I love this statement by Louis Giglio. Follow the trail of your time, energy, affections, and money, and there you find a throne. And whatever or whoever is on that throne is the object of your worship. You know, when I didn't have any retirement account, I didn't struggle. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to give it away necessarily. Be content with what you have because the Lord had said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Hey, say this one with me. Come on, you ready? Let's say this. Ready? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? Here's what Paul said. I've learned. I like he says I learned this. This didn't happen overnight. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Amen. Verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Our greatest heroes in life ought to be Christian leaders. Godly Christian leaders. But with that said, anybody ever here uh, had a Christian leader fail you? Fail you? I have. I got saved in the spring, 19 years old. Started going to the only church I had known that my grandmother had taken me to when I was like five years old. At, at that time, we walked to it. It was just up the street from where we lived. And uh, that was the only church I knew. And the same pastor was there when I got saved at age 19. And so uh, when I got saved, that's the church I became a part of. They had a youth pastor at the time. 
uh, that was so charismatic and so oh, he's so funny and everybody loved him and he was a great teacher of the Bible. And uh, I was 19 years old and there was no group at that time in that church where I really fit except the youth group. And even though I was just out of high school, I went to the youth pastor and I said, hey, I don't really fit with any other group. You mind if I hang out with the youth group? He says, no problem. So spring, all the way through the summer until I went off to Christian college, uh, I became a part of that youth group, and it was tremendous. I mean, it was a great youth group, and this guy was a great youth pastor. First letter I remember getting from my mother when I got to Christian college was about my youth pastor, and it was discovered that he had had several immoral relationships in the church, not only with ladies in the church, but with some of the youth. I was blown away. I was blown almost away. It hurt me so bad. I was so, it was such a challenge. I know what it is to have a leader fail you. Read it again. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their fate, not their failure. Not their failure, their fate. I believe the Holy Spirit linked verse 8 with this for a reason. Look at verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. And forever. Do not forget if a leader fails you, Jesus never will. He never will. James says every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Come on, say this with me at the bottom. Say this, Lord, we thank you that you are the same yesterday today, and forever. Amen. Verse 9, don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. There have been a host of them over the years that have tried to get a foothold here. There are actually people, uh, leaders in this church, former leaders in this church that were friends of mine that are no longer part of the fellowship because they bought into some strange teaching. And, and we as a leadership took a stand and said, if that's what you're going to believe, you can't teach it here. And so they're gone. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, people I was close to. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And if it's something that's odd and it takes a lot to understand, it's not the simplicity of this gospel. Paul said in one verse to the Corinthian church, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, that you also would be robbed and led away from the simplicity that's in Christ. Christianity is not hard to understand. It's a challenge to live, but it's not hard to understand. So watch out for strange teachings. Now he goes on from that and he says, it's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. And he makes this statement. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. And he's talking about those that are still clinging to Judaism and trying to attain their own righteousness through Judaism. And the statement is anything, any teaching that you're trying to become righteous by some act or some work, or some religious observance. No, you'll never get there that way. By grace are you saved through faith. Add not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Can you say, thank you, Lord, for that? Praise the Lord. Now, from that thought, he goes, verse 11, and he says this, the high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp. 
bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. Now he takes us to this other thought. Here's what Paul said. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. What is this exhortation? Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed and be willing to suffer for the name of Jesus. Don't you back down. Let's don't back down. Let's don't be arrogant, but let's be bold. I'm not ashamed. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'll never forget milestone in my Christian life when I first got saved, longest walk I ever remember making as a Christian was from the parking lot to where I worked at the time, B.C. Morin Sons Department Store. Those of you who have been around for a long time, I've told this story before. And I felt like every eye in Hartsville, South Carolina was on me. And word traveled real fast, but the word traveling wasn't exactly true. They just didn't understand. The word traveling was, Danny Hodges got religion. And I have to correct him when somebody say that. No, I got saved. But listen, milestone in my Christian life, that first week when I now was confronted with having to confess Jesus Christ. I remember the first time I said the name as a Christian, Jesus. And I didn't have any warm fuzzies. I had warm fuzzies afterward, but I had fear before. And I remember that was a milestone, the first, the first week of my Christian life before friends that I used to party with and hang out with, you know, and do a lot of bad things with. And now they hear Danny's got religion. And I first, first week of my Christian life, I confessed Jesus publicly. That was a milestone, milestone. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed to suffer for the name of Jesus. And then he says, Verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. I also remember it went beyond just saying Jesus, Jesus Christ, in a positive way, in a godly way. Now in my life, it's just, just a habit. It doesn't mean it's not meaningful, but it's a habit. What? To say things like, Praise the Lord. I say that all the time. Come on, say this with me. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Isn't that a great encouragement? Praise the Lord. I shoot a fish underwater, scuba diving. I shoot a fish, and I say, praise the Lord. Now, it doesn't say, if you're down there with me, it just sounds like blue, 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 blue. But I do. I shoot a fish, and I, especially if it's a big fish, I say, Praise the Lord. I catch a fish, especially if it's bigger than anybody else's fish. And I say, praise the Lord. Just a part of life. Praise the Lord. Okay. Verse 16, I do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. All over the Bible, verses like this, all over the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he might have something to share with those in need. First Timothy six. Notice this. 
command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Command them. Two times it says command them, not an option, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In the Old Testament law, here's what God put in the law. When you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I'm the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 24 says the same thing. By the way, I, I feel like the Lord wants me to say this, not in my notes. I did a terrible thing to my youngest son and my daughter last night. And I apologized to him this morning. She's already sent me a text. My daughter did and said she's forgiven me. Isn't that great? Thank God for forgiveness. They came home and they were out, Starbucks, I think it was somewhere with some of their friends. And, and as they're going back to the car, this guy came up and gives them a story about his needs and all. And, and I think it was a scam, but I got on my daughter because she gave the guy some money. And I went up to the room, talked to her, and I said, I said, look, I've been doing this a long time. Don't give anybody money like that anymore. Call me first. That was wrong. I got up this morning and realized that's wrong. And while I want to teach your guidelines, biblical guidelines on giving people money like that, what if the Holy Spirit told her to give that guy some money? What if it wasn't a scam? And so I, I think about this one, and I think about the beginning of, of the message, don't forget to entertain strangers. That's my first thought this morning when I woke up, and I thought about what I'd said to my son and my daughter last night. Don't forget to entertain strangers. And I just told her to violate that verse. Now, we ought to be careful who you give money to, because there's a lot of scammers out here. I mean, most of them are scammers. What if that guy last night was an angel? Forgive me, Lord. Deuteronomy 24 says the same thing, verses 19 to 21. Okay. Verse 17, obey your leaders. Submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. It becomes a burden when people don't listen. For that would be of no advantage to you. Now, what we're talking about here is leaders, pastors and leaders in the church that are standing on the Word of God, not just their own personal opinion. It's not the idea of obeying an individual. It's the idea of obeying someone that God's put in your life as a leader, and they're sharing with you the truth of the Word. And it's interesting, uh, the first word, obey, the Greek, it means to believe, to trust, or be persuaded by. The second word, submit, means to yield your opinion to the opinion of another. But again, not to be submitted to an individual, but to be submitted to an individual that's sharing you sharing with you the truth, the truth. A leader, a pastor, does have the right to direct somebody's life if they're doing it according to the word of God. Amen? Verse 18, pray for us. Wow, this is cool. Turns it right around from obey your leaders, and then he says, pray for your leaders. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us as your leaders. We're sure that we have a clear conscience, desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon, which gives the impression that this writer is in prison. Pray for me, that God would deliver me. I don't know if I'm on your prayer list. I don't mean it selfishly, but I'm saying if, not on, if I'm not on your prayer list, would you put me on your prayer list? Would you put the other pastors and elders and leaders of this church on your prayer list? Satan's out to get all of us, but I'm going to tell you what, he's out to get leaders much more, much more. He'd been wanting to take me down for a long time, long time. Pray for me. Pray for the other leaders of this church. And then, verse 20, 
May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I can't tell you how many times I read verse 20 and 21. The last few days, I can't tell you how many, I lost track of how many times I read that particular section. And you know what I did every time I read it? Honestly, before the Lord, I prayed for you. Big family now, I don't know most of your names. I don't remember all of your faces, but I prayed for this church. You call Calvary Chapel your home church. I prayed for you, that prayer. And in in regard to this message, you know exactly what we're praying there? Here's what we're praying. Lord, help them to keep on loving each other. Help them to keep on loving each other. Lord, help them, me included, to practice hospitality, especially to strangers. We're saying, Lord, help us. Equip us to be able to reach out to those in prison, those mistreated, those who are hurting. Come on. We could get 10 more prison teams this year if we had some people that get off their duff and decide I'm going to do something instead of just attend church. We got people calling us sometimes wanting us to go do Bible studies places and we don't have people to send them. Listen, the harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are few. Lord, help them to stay sexually pure. You can win the battle against sexual temptation. You can win. It is a winnable battle, even in our culture. Lord, help them to resist the love of money and help Pastor Danny to be content with his 403B. I mean, really, pray that for me. Imitate godly leaders. Imitate godly. They ought to be our greatest heroes. Godly leaders. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. Don't be carried away by strange teachings. If it's new, it's not true. If it's true, it's not new. And if it's not simple to understand, it ain't Bible. I'm not saying there's not deep things in the word that we don't understand. But the simplicity of the gospel, don't lose the simplicity of the message of the gospel and the truth of what it represents. Be willing to suffer for Jesus. Oh, God, help us to be willing to suffer for you. Lord, we're praying, help them to live a life of praise. You shoot the fish, you catch the fish. You don't catch the fish. You don't get to go fishing. One of our security guys came up this morning. I was out here and hanging out, and he said, said, I hit my, I think he hit his hand doing something the other day, and it was very painful. He said, you know, I said, praise the Lord. I said, God bless you. That's a challenge for me because that's usually not the first thing I think about when I hit my hand. (laughs) But I want to be like him. Share with others. Do good when you have the opportunity. Be aware of the opportunities to do good. Lord, help us to be sensitive to that. Remain submitted to church leadership. That's what he's praying. Pray for church leadership. Pray for church leadership. Say this one with me. Come on, last one. I'll let you go, all right? For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Great, great passage. Got home last night and realized I didn't read the rest of the chapter, so I will now. Brothers, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for I've written you only a short letter. I would not have been the one to write Hebrews because I'd have never said that. That's a long letter to me. But this guy says, I've just written you a short letter. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released, obviously from prison. 
If he arrives soon, I'll come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all God's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. And scholars, most of them believe that that's where the writer was when he penned the letter. And he closes it, grace be with you all. Grace. You've been listening to another edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. The Living Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're so glad that you took the time today to learn more from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews references many Old Testament practices, and it's likely that this book was written to a group of Jewish Christian people. The writer talks about the priestly order and then connects how Jesus has become the great high priest for all. It's such a neat way that God ties the Old Testament in with the new. For those who are aware of the Jewish practices, it makes more and more sense as to why and how Jesus fulfilled these Old Testament things. Are you seeing those connections that the writer of Hebrews has made? If you enjoyed hearing from Pastor Danny today and would like to listen to other teachings, feel free to visit our sermon archive at ccfstpete.church. That website again is ccfstpete.church. If you don't yet have a church to call home, we would love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. Feel free to come just as you are. Well, that's all that we have for today. But thanks for tuning in with Pastor Danny to hear more great things from the book of Hebrews. And we trust that you'll continue to learn from the living word.